Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Body Ecology Living with me, Donna Gates. Today on our show, we have a special guest, a friend named Mike Mutzel. I've been admiring Mike's work for about two years now. He's a very wise man who's making quite a difference in the world with his own podcast. He's also uh, a guest on our Healthy Gut Summit, and I thought today it would be great for you to have a little bit of a sense of who he is. Mike has a BS in biology from Western Washington University. Um, He's right now completing his MS in clinical nutrition from the University of Bridgeport, He's a graduate of the Institute of Functional Medicine. He's an independent consultant for one of the world's leading professional nutrition companies. I guess it's okay for me to tell you that that's Zymogen. It's a great company that produces great products that you usually have to go through a healthcare professional to obtain. Um, He has um, really been doing this work for, for years, even in the Denver area. But um, I think he's, you know, what he's doing these days um, is really shows you who he is. He's, uh, in 2014, he launched his first book. I'm sure there will be others coming. And uh, his book, his first book is called The Belly Fat Effect, The Real Secret About How Your Diet, Intestinal Health, and Gut Bacteria Help You Burn Fat. So you can see the connection that Mike and I have with each other because he's a... fascinated also with the gut. He's quite an expert in that area. So I think we'll have a wonderful conversation today. So welcome, Mike. Donna, thank you so much for having me. And I'm a a big fan of your work as well. So I'm honored to be on your show and talk more and help people learn more about the gut and environmental connection. Well, it's so wonderful to me today to find that there's a lot of people that are like you, uh, that are um, studying the gut and teaching, you know, learning all this and sharing this really fascinating information to the world because it's a fascinating world to learn about. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful because my dream always was to see this area, uh, you know, people to shine a lot of light on the gut and its importance. And you have just brought out some wonderful, wonderful information. What, why don't we start off first by giving people a sense of your book, The Belly Fat Effect? Like, wh- why did you decide to write on, you know, that book? <clears throat> sure, I would love to. You know, it came from my own clinical experience working with overweight individuals and people that were on the track to develop diabetes or already had diabetes. And, you know, the mantra, like, you know, kind of, I come from a fitness background and, you know, kind of that's my you know, sports, you know, nutrition and so forth. And so, you know, it's a lot of low glycemic index diet focus and, and clean carbs and high intensity interval training, which is all beneficial. But I found with these people, that that approach sometimes didn't always work, and and I wanted to learn more about that. So, um, one of the medical assistants at the the clinic that I was working at uh, got bariatric surgery, gastric bypass surgery, and she was morbidly obese. and And someone that I had you know done some informal work with and said, "Why don't you try this and eat these foods at this time instead of that and so forth?" And she didn't really get the results she was hoping. So anyway, got bariatric surgery and started losing incredible amounts of weight very very quickly. And so. I wanted to see, like, how does that really work? You know, we've been told for so long that gastric bypass surgery, you know, the way that it causes rapid weight loss is by restricting how much people can eat. But it turns out that's only a small part of the story. Gastric bypass actually changes the gut microbiome in a beneficial way. 
and it also changes the gut hormones. So our GI tract is, you know, constantly sending and receiving messages, uh, you know, to our metabolism, to our brain and telling the body that there's food coming in or to, you know, process the food differently and so forth. And those signaling pathways become imbalanced when people, you know, are eating while they're stressed out. They're not chewing their food. They've had, uh, you know, poor diets for a long time and so forth. And so anyway, these hormones get imbalanced and then they become insulin resistant and they don't know, you know, that uh, their hunger signals get altered and so forth. And so anyway, I, I found out that that's how gastric bypass surgery works. It changes the gut bacteria. It improves the signaling of these powerful hormones and it causes rapid weight loss. And so I thought, well, this is really cool, but what if there's some natural ways that we can do this? And so I started, you know, reading more and, you know, spending a lot of time at the medical school library at University of Colorado and found that things like prebiotic fiber and, you know, mindful eating and chewing your food actually activates these powerful hormones that are increased after gastric bypass surgery. So that really got me excited. And then I said, you know what, people need to know this stuff. And so it, uh, you know, turned into this project, uh, you know, that is now the belly fat effect book. Well, what is it exactly about the surgery that is causing this change in bacteria in the gut? Why would surgery change the bacteria in the gut? I mean, obviously, there are supplements you can take, uh, foods you can eat that would change the, you know, alter the gut bacteria. What, what is it exactly about the surgery that's altering it? Yeah, that's a really good question there. And, you know, I think what the research has shown is that the stimulation of incoming food you know, uh, basically what gastric bypass does more or less, you know, the most popular procedure, prevalent procedure, the Rao and Y procedure, is it takes the stomach and upper portion of the small intestine out of the picture. So when you ingest foods, they uh, land basically right into the, you know, kind of the middle part of the small intestine. And that really overstimulates the receptors in the gut. And so there's these various receptors are called enteroendocrine cells. So and basically to break that down, they're metabolic cells in the gut. And so then those receptors then, uh, you know, activate insulin receptors and activate satiety receptors, making you feel full and uh, enabling you to process the meal better. But they also communicate with the gut itself. And so uh, the, the gut microbiome, that is. So that's one of the ways, you know, very specifically, but also the gastric bypass procedure, for whatever reason, has been shown to reduce gram-negative endotoxin bacteria. So endotoxin is a powerful pro-inflammatory uh, appendage. I liken it to a dog's tail. You know, we know that dogs have tails and some are stubby, some are long and some are short and some are thick, whatever. Uh, bacteria do have appendages too. And one of them is called endotoxin. So it's this bacterial tail and it actually has a lock and key type mechanism inside of our immune system. It's very pro-inflammatory. It's linked with Alzheimer's. It's linked with depression, mood disorders, diabetes, obesity. And the long and short of it is when you uh, eat a processed diet, you're, you leak more of this, this bacterial tail uh, endotoxin into your bloodstream and you drive inflammation. So uh, one of the ways that bariatric surgery has been shown to uh, help to combat obesity and also reduce diabetes is by reducing how much endotoxin is actually being absorbed as well. So those are kind of the two mechanisms of how it works. And I just want to throw this in too, since you mentioned endotoxins, a high 
fat diet also causes endotoxins. And, um, you know, I see right now um, a popular trend toward eating a lot of fat, um, bacon and lard and duck pate and, you know, in dairy that's full fat and cheeses and everything. And I see that, a, that people, many people are, well, maybe feeling better initially. Uh, maybe their body at first needs the fat. But I, I know that, and also with my study of the genes, I know that certain people happen to be one of them. I absolutely, Eating fat like that would absolutely destroy me. Of course, I can usually tell that right away. Like if I ate a day's worth of fat like that, I would feel so awful that the next day you would not find me eating all that fat. Right. But um, but still, the genes don't lie, and uh, the gut doesn't either. So I think that this, these two stories now, these two news stories about the gut and about the genes, are really ultimately going to replace uh, all this arguments that's going on is, oh, we should all be eating lots of fat. But, you know, so that, can you do you mind um, like just define what, a little bit, let's just talk a little bit more for people that don't mm -hmm. know that term endotoxin and just whatever pops into your mind about what's happening in the gut. And what's your experience with a high fat diet with people? Yeah, Donna, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's something I've been trying to stress to people and, and have a video coming out that will dive more into that. But yeah, like you said, fat is in right now, particularly in the CrossFit paleo community. Mm -hmm. We're almost back to that Atkins level, you know, back in the 1999 where, you know, we'd eat bacon three times a day. I mean, some people just mm -hmm. think that that's really okay. And there's nothing inherently wrong with fat, you know, like it's been, you know, purported, you know, kind of demonized for years in the sense that uh, fat doesn't necessarily cause you to be fat. It doesn't really clog your arteries. But as you said very eloquently, what it does is it actually enables this bacterial endotoxin to leak through your gut barrier. And studies have, you know, show this very eloquently, you know, with uh, just basically heavy whipping cream, which would be, you know, found in, you know, full fat dairy and so forth, um, it dramatically increases the amount of endotoxin that le leaks through the gut. And it powerfully stimulates these, these receptors that drive insulin resistance, that drive inflammation. So I think the caveat here, now I'll just tell you about this one study. They did this, I think it was a 1800 calorie shake with like 200 grams of, it was very a lot of fat. But what they found was that if they gave this same full fat, heavy whipping cream shake and added orange juice to the mixture, it offset it or ameliorated the amount of endotoxin that was able to leak through the gut. So what that means is if you're going to eat a high fat diet, which I think there's some merit to that, you definitely want to increase the amount of color or polyphenols, these antioxidant-like compounds from vegetables and fruits, herbs and spices in your diet because that will offset some of the endotoxin absorption. Um, something else that has been shown to, to offset that would be fiber too. So supplementing with inulin, just having leeks and garlic and onions and apples and so forth with your meals is another great way to help offset some of the you know, these inflammatory bacterial particulates. And see, I would throw in fermented vegetables and <laughs> fermented right. foods in that picture because they're just amazing um, and super healthy and they combine with everything you're eating too. So I'd, I have to throw that in. But um, now recently, there is a whole lot of information on the internet about endotoxins. Uh, one thing I do know is uh, that I, it's always pop, pops into my head the first time I hear this word endotoxin is that... Um, they, uh, like a high saturated fat diet, for example, destroys the good bacteria, particularly bifidus, and then other bacteria like Wadsworthia flares up, 
causes this inflammation of the gut lining, and then things leak through that are not supposed to get in there. So that, that was the one that I was very excited when I first found that study because I've been trying to tell people for years, we can't all be eating this high-fat, saturated-fat diet. We're going to get in trouble. And then this was actually the first study that I came across that kind of validated what I was trying to say to people. And now there's a lot of information out there. So if Mike and I have uh, piqued your interest in this area, please go do some more study. Now, recently, Mike did a podcast on the gut immune connection. And so it was a great podcast. You'll want to go and check it out and listen to it for sure uh, this week because um, it's a good time to be thinking about your gut and your immune system, that connection between the gut and the immune system. So, Mike, let's talk about that for a little while. I just just kind of run with that topic, gut immune sure. connection. Sure, yeah. And before we segue, I would just like to also comment too. We talked about fat, but alcohol. So this is something as well. You know, some people view red wine as a health food, and I'm not going to say it is or is not. You know, there are some uh, benefits in terms of even actually increasing healthy bifidobacterium levels in your gut with moderate red wine consumption. But excessive alcohol, Donna, is another thing just like these diets high in fat that actually slightly damage the gut barrier and lead to increased absorption of these bacterial endotoxin particles. And so studies have actually shown this at University of Massachusetts. And what they found was that the hangover that people experience is not just dehydration that we commonly you know, ascribe a hangover to be, but it may be due to the inflammatory signaling from leaky gut from the alcohol. So I just want to leave people with that as well. So don't uh, binge drink is the, the bottom line. If you're going to mm-hmm. have some alcohol at a party or a cocktail party or you know be social, uh, that's fine. But just drink slowly because blood alcohol level correlated you know, on a one-to-one ratio with blood endotoxin levels. And so just wanted well, to throw that in there. I wish that many, many college students could hear just what you said right now. <laughs> I have right. a son who just graduated from college, and he does not have that message down yet. Mm. But it's so hard to watch that. You know, for, first of all, he's super healthy, so he can get away with, you know, abusing his body. And so a little bit here and there. He, he says he's eating healthy, but I don't know because I can't see what he's doing. Right. He lives in Charleston. But um, but it really bothers me that, that this particular age group drinks so much alcohol, and they eat awfully. And they're going to be the future parents of America. So... That, that really disturbs me because everybody knows that is following my work that I'm super interested in healthy, uh, future generations being healthy. Um, but okay, so back to the gut immune connection, just kind of run with that topic for a little while. Sure, let's do it. Yeah, so basically, you know, our skin is seven layers thick. Let's just make some comparisons so people kind of understand, you know, and our, our skin helps to separate, make a nice barrier between our external environment and the sterile, what we call like the inner workings of the body, the milieu, if you will. And the GI tract is only actually one cell layer thick. That gastrointestinal epithelial layer is one cell layer thick. And this is because if it was any thicker than just one cell, we couldn't absorb the nutrients that we eat to, you know, wouldn't be able to selectively pass or be absorbed. So the the way that the body helps to you know compensate for that and, and protect us is about 85% of our antibody producing cells are found just on the other side, the internal side of that single layer. And that's collectively referred to as the gastrointestinal lymphoid tissue or the, the uh, mucosal associated lymphoid tissue. There's a couple different terms for that. But you know, a lot of our body's um, 
and immune sensing cells are there. So they're constantly sampling the environment and, you know, you know, deciding, is this a friend or a foe? You know, is this a blueberry polyphenol or is this a bacterial, you know, fragment, if you will. And so as such, you know, various lifestyle factors can alter the permeability or the leakiness of this gastrointestinal tract. And then we can inadvertently overexpose, you know, 85% of our body's immune system with all these food antigens or food particles that we're eating. And some of which may be healthy, some of which may not be so healthy. Things like gluten and casein and, you know, various pro-inflammatory molecules. You know, if you have intestinal permeability, those can activate the immune system. And so what we see is basically the loss of immune tolerance. So if we think about, you know, like a kindergarten teacher that is, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, kids that maybe don't pay attention or, you know, they're not used to school yet and so forth. They're very, generally very tolerant and accepting of that and have patience. But um, we can think of maybe like a grumpy old teacher that we had back in school that was not as tolerant and would overreact when kids would step out of line and so forth. And that's what we see in a lot of people. Their immune system is just not tolerant of some of the foods that they're eating. So they're creating inflammation. This inflammation is linked with leptin and insulin resistance and belly fat and brain fog. So we need to get back to restoring the barrier and eating anti-inflammatory foods. And you mentioned things like, you know, fermented foods are really good. Uh, fiber is really good. Uh, colors, you know, from blueberries and raspberries and oranges from carrots and bell peppers, all those uh, phytochemicals actually make the immune system more tolerant and less pro-inflammatory. Hmm. And so um, I guess I, I've heard you say this, uh, that the majority of our body's immune system is actually in the gut. Uh, that's something I just want to kind of, as a summary to all of that, that people take away, because I know it's sometimes after these podcasts, you listen, you understand what's going on, then you uh, go away and a day or two later, you've forgotten everything. But the takeaway here is that your immune system, the majority of your immune system is actually happening in the gut. So it's a really good th- uh, part of your body to take care of. Mm-hmm. So Mike, you work for Zymogen and you have an excellent understanding of uh, the best supplements out there. And I think, uh, you know, p- two things. First of all, people don't want to take a lot of supplements, but obviously they want to take the supplements that are best for them. And that's where I think, oh, this great new information about genes is going to be, is so helpful. But also, um, uh, in my opinion, uh, the supplements that help people deal with infl- uh, yeah, inflammation and stress, big one for people. But um, what are some of your favorite supplements? Because I know that you know supplements better than most people ever do. Um, what what um, what would you put? Like, if I ask you to say list five of your favorite supplements, what would you put on that list? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question. And I'll just preface that question w- with you know, and I know you'll agree with me is it starts with food, obviously, and so making bone broth, fermenting your foods, eating mindfully, shopping locally, eating seasonally is number one. But that said, I love supplements. Or we take a lot of supplements because there's a lot of things we're, that are either not in our food supply anymore due to you know changes in agricultural techniques, and we're exposed to a lot of toxins and EMFs and genetically engineered foods and all. 
all this stuff. So supplements are part of the package now. And things that I would recommend would be vitamin D would be up there. Number one, we talked about the inflammatory response from excessive fats and alcohol and endotoxin. Um, Vitamin D helps to upregulate or turn on these T regulatory cells, which are the beneficial policemen of your immune system. So they'll help to suppress inflammation and so forth. Oh, oh, wait, hold on one second, because I want to add something to that, if you don't mind, because there are a whole lot of receptors for vitamin D in the gut. And one of the things that you can find out about yourself when you have your genes tested is that your vitamin D receptors may not be working very efficiently. And interestingly, the fix for that is uh, something called sulforaphane, which happens to be a supplement that you know a lot about, Mike. So I just want to throw that in because, you know, I have this, you, you know how all of us kind of get steered in a certain direction and we start focusing and learning about that. So I thought that would be a nice compliment to what you just said. Absolutely. I'm so glad you mentioned that, Donna. And yeah, my next, you know, couple of nutrients I was going to mention were going to be curcumin, sulforaphane, terostilbene, which is derived from blueberries, uh, and resveratrol. So those, you know, kind of four phytochemicals or phytonutrients, if you will, are will work synergistically uh, with some of these vitamins and so forth that we're recommending. But I like these phytochemicals for a couple different reasons. They're not only beneficial for our gut bacteria, uh, meaning that gut bacteria actually, the beneficial ones like bifidobacterium and lactobacillus plantarum and these lact, um, um, lactic acid producing bacteria, they love polyphenolic compounds. And, and by ingesting them supplementally and in your diet, you're going to increase levels of these healthy bacteria. So that's one thing. But then also when they're absorbed, they're very anti-inflammatory. As we've you mentioned or hit on, Donna, uh, they actually speak to our genes in a different way and turn on beneficial genes, turn off bad genes. So these are things that I recommend taking. Uh, even if you eat a high vegetable, high polyphenol diet, you know, you're still exposed to uh, toxins and metals and environmental compounds, uh, whether you like it or not. So um, I think those are beneficial. Omega-3 fats, I, you know, I know that people are probably eating fish and eating nuts and seeds and pumpkin seeds, which is great. But when you take enteric-coated omega-3 fish oil, you actually uh, can suppress inflammation in the gut, which is a good thing. And you can help to rebuild your gut barrier. So that's something that has been known for quite some time. Even a traditional journal, New England Journal of Medicine, has showed that enteric-coated fish oil is great for healing a leaky gut. So I like that oh. one. Well, Mike, to you, you know how DHA is usually recommended for brain health and for pregnant women who are, whose baby's developing uh, rapidly. And then there's the other, uh, you know, main component in uh, fish oil, the EPA. What um, is is there one in the research that's been shown to be the better one for the gut, or is it really about taking both of them? Yeah, that's a really good point, Donna. You know, some of the research in Crohn's has shown that EPA may be better. Um, and then other research has shown that DHA as a standalone might be better as well. But what the research clearly shows is that the combination of the two, you know, when just taken, normally they're in a three to two ratio, a little bit higher, you know, three parts EPA to two parts DHA. That's the, the natural ratio that you're going to find mostly. So I just recommend for most people, unless you're really focused on brain health and you had a traumatic 
brain injury or you're suffering from depression, you know, you can focus more on DHA if that's your, you know, your stick. But for most people, I think they're going to benefit from the combination. But just make sure that it's enteric coated. And another thing to look out for too is this IFOS certified. And so there's companies like Nordic Naturals and Zymogen and others that this is a third party group that independently tests every batch for heavy metals, for radiation products, for peroxidation products and cleanliness. So I like uh, companies that are IFOS certified because you know you're getting a real clean oil. Hmm. Okay, that's vitamin D, enteric coated fish oil. Now, there's the word you pronounced, you said in there, um, I, I didn't catch it. I, what's your third one? <laughs> oh, uh, so the terostilbene. Oh, that's it. You got to spell that. It's a tough one. So it's, yeah. there's a, a silent P yeah, on the front. Exactly. So P-T-E-R-O-S-T-I-L-L-B-E-E-N-E. So terostilbene. You're going to typically see that with resveratrol um, because... You know, the company Chromadex, actually, they're in your neck of the woods, Donna, down in Southern California. They have the extraction technology for this compound. So you'll definitely see that uh, terostilbene with resveratrol, curcumin, and sulforaphane. Those are the other ones. Well, um, is berberine going to be on this list? Because you are the one that made me very, very aware of the power of berberine. And it's become one of my top supplements because now, again, looking at the genes, so many people are. Um, even at a young age, they're going to be insulin resistant because they have the genes for diabetes. And very often, and you know, talking to people, I said, "Did this? Did these genes show up? You know, in your parents and grandparents?" And they said, "No, we didn't have diabetes in our family, but it sure is a common snipper variation uh, for people today." And berberine, I know, is fantastic for for people with diabetes or people on their way to diabetes with insulin resistance. Um, but it does so much more and with your fascinating work on the hormones in the gut, which I actually would like to do a whole entire podcast just on a few other things that you specialize in, like circadian rhythm and gut hormones, because um, I think people, they don't know about that the, their hormones in the gut right. and how important they are. But you know, just like run with berberine a little bit and just let pe- give pe- let's give people a really good sense of how special this is, because I bet most of them have never even heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you brought that up, Donna. And I would include that in there. Sometimes I forget about all these things. Um, well, traditionally, berberine has been used, you know, in, in Chinese medicine for a very long time, you know, for for uh, GI dysfunction and so forth. But berberine is derived; it's a phytochemical, you know, a phytonutrient derived from this bayberry tree, which is endemic to the Pacific Northwest and, and parts of California and probably others. But that's what I know about, and. It does some really unique stuff. Not only does it change the gut bacteria in a beneficial way, so it can help to suppress the growth of bad guy bacteria. And that's due to its properties of being, you know, this phytochemical or polyphenol. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, your good bacteria, they have the enzymes to break down polyphenols. In contrast, you know, the more pro-inflammatory bacteria, they just love sugar. And so just by eating a diet rich in color, you're going to help to, you know, that'll be one step in the right direction to help grow good bacteria in your gut. And berberine can really help with that. And the other thing that's really unique about berberine is it amplifies these gut hormones that are increased during bariatric surgery. So we kind of started the call off about you know how bariatric surgery causes rapid weight loss, but also rapid improvements in blood sugar regulation. And as such, berberine is 
you know, in terms of its efficacy or its ability to improve uh, biology, it's as effective as the number one recommended medication for diabetes, which is metformin. And so metformin is an excellent drug. It works well. There's low side effects. You know, some people take it for anti-aging, but I think berberine is a much more natural way to get the same effects that you may be looking for in terms of, you know, better blood sugar improvement, lower triglycerides, better satiety, better, you know, gut motility. I mean, there's so many benefits there. So a dosing starts anywhere starting at 500 milligrams per day up to 1500 milligrams per day and minimal side effects, you know, some GI issues in about 15% of people. Um, but those can be t- better tolerated if you titrate the dose, like take 500 milligrams two to three times a day instead of all at once. Yeah, I was just hearing uh, a lecture from one of the um, A4M uh, experts, and he was talking about berberine, and he said that for chronic heart failure, somebody is really in trouble, even as much as uh, 2,000 milligrams uh, divided over the day uh, for that. And he was also saying the same thing about 500 twice a day, 500 milligrams twice a day, or f- up to 1,500, or you know, up to three times a day. And um, and then now I just want to tell you my personal experience with it. Um, I have the genes for diabetes. I have, you know, people used to say to me. You must have good genes because you know I'm, I've got lots of energy for my age and and so on. So um, I thought I did too until I had my genes tested. And I was shocked because I have lots of really bad genes, but I'm not expressing any of them, so you couldn't tell that. But I do have the genes for diabetes. I'm salt sensitive, um, high blood pressure, and what I so I found out from you. Um, you know, you turned me on to berberine and I started looking into it, but I found out all the other amazing things that it does. So it's really controlling quite, you know, like helping me keep uh, my genes in, in uh, control. Now, <clears throat> the, the, the thing I want to point out here is that I don't eat sugar, which is what you usually connect uh, diabetes to. People eat sugar are going to get diabetes. Well, and by the way, diabetes is an awful disease. It isn't just about having to take insulin. It's about losing your brain and losing your eyesight and becoming blind and you know, macular degeneration. It's an awful disease to have. And unfortunately, vast numbers of baby boomers are about to step into this world, this miserable world, and we're going to have to take care of them. So I'm really into this subject. But um, the, the thing for me is I don't eat sugar ever, and I've got the benefits of the bacteria helping me. You know, If I did eat it, they'd eat it up. Uh, but... Uh, I have a lot of stress because I have, I'm one of those people that puts too much on my plate because I'm kind of got this, I want to do it all. And then that creates stress for me and stress shoots your blood sugar right up too. And, and that's why I love having something like berberine, um, in my diet, you know, in my life. So I just, I, it's, it has become really, really one of my very top supplements. And then Simogen, uh, the, one of my other top ones is theanine. Uh, and Zymogen has the best theanine on the market because it's a nice strong one, uh, 400 milligrams, and you can take two or three of those twice a day. And they've, they're wonderful. I've, I've had so many people um, take that larger amount and help them with the chattering in their head and calming down that stress and being able to sleep better at night too. So it's a, it's a wonderful company to work for. Well, well, why don't we stop here and let's do a round two later on because there's other topics that you're – specialist in circadian rhythm um, and these gut hormones that I'd like to go into deeper. And I know people only have so much time and can only remember so much at one time. And so we let's not go any further, but I just want to 
Thank you very much for sharing this much today. It was beautifully said and very clear and easy for people to understand. So I, I think people have a great, um, a better picture now of what's happening in their gut thanks to your being with us today. Well, thank you, Donna, for the opportunity. It's my pleasure and really enjoy sharing this information with everyone. Well, to be continued, and (laughs) thanks, Mike. And then I want to just thank everybody else for listening today. If you are new to Body Ecology, please subscribe to Body Ecology Living with Donna Gates. And feel free to leave a comment in the review section. If you've got other things you want to learn about, let us know. And have a great day.